Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. You had to be there, the performance rankings, a slight tangent, and the crappy quiz. Have you ever done therapy, Adrian? Specifically related to the crappy quiz, though. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. Gaelic football on Off the Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Now, two Ulster quarterfinals very much taking centre stage in Gaelic football across this weekend. We've got the defending champions Derry taking on Fermanagh in Enniskillen. First time this century that Derry come into a championship on the back of winning the Anglo-Celts the year before. And we've got a heavyweight clash, Tyrone against Monaghan in Oma on Sunday. And we've got some interesting injury news ahead of the game tomorrow particularly as well. Delighted to say that Declan Bogue is with us. Declan, how are you getting on? I'm very good, Well, How are you? A lot of focus midweek about this game tomorrow in Enniskillen was about what kind of position Derry were going to be in with injuries because there were doubts over both Conor Glass and Chrissy McCaig, two of the most important players. And then it emerges when the team sheets came out earlier today that Sean Quigley not part of the match day 26 for Fermanagh, which is a big blow for them. Uh, Tommy Niblock did a check because he was on the GA social during the week to make sure that he wasn't being punished by being dropped. Uh, but the report he's got back from Fermanagh is that Quigley has suffered a hamstring injury and will play no part tomorrow. Yeah, and <clears throat> that's all fine and good. But I will say this, that Mayo last week didn't name Aidan Norm and they didn't name Murray Keane. And both of them were on the bench. And um, in this great <clears throat> bright new beginnings of we're going to now declare all the teams on a Thursday night, Friday morning, is grand one thing saying it like it's another thing whether it actually comes true like I mean that's only just one program I have here in front of me I'd love to know just how many by the end of the weekend we'll be looking at you know people who weren't named on the panel and you know it was outlined last week you know exactly the circumstances of four different extent extenuating circumstances that you could name and they were pretty stringent but look uh, nothing I, I'm not going to ch- and like you know not being funny, but I mean, imagine. <laughs> does does anyone believe that if 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 there was a that you're on a, a, a podcast, or whatever, and someone took offence to this, that they're going to say yes, it is, yeah, absolutely, yes, it's your fault. <laughs> of course, I'm ringing up to check. Was it something he, he said in our podcast? Yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely, is. Yeah, I mean, that's that's that's. I don't know. That's um. I don't know where you're going with that one, with that logic. But anyway... Um, I, I would suggest there's zero, there's zero chance that a star forward will be dropped from his team because he decided to take an interview midweek before a championship game. Aye, well, I don't know when exactly the interview took place. Uh, um, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if it took place in the middle of the week or if it was done like in a previous recording. Uh, but, you know, in any case... Um, uh, yeah, there's, the other side of that is um, that others that thinking if you're going to plan an ambush of sorts against those champions, you really need any kind of massive media presence apart from you know the per- people who have been maybe appointed by management to do it. I don't know. Um, it's it's just a curious thing to kind of bear souls like in the wake of a championship game. Oh, for sure. This game at Brewster Park, it's been a while since they've met in Championship as well. 2011 was the last time that uh, Derry and Fermanagh met. 
Um, these are two teams that have been upwardly mobile in their own divisions during the league as well, who come in with reasonable form into this game as well. Fermanagh had a good campaign in Division 3. And like in Derry's case, Declan, with the exception of conceding goals to Dublin in the final, they put together a very good regular section to the league. No, they're like, you know, you have to say they've done an amazing job. Uh, they've done an amazing job. And maybe staying down in Division 2 was no harm for them like last year. It all went very poorly against uh, Galway up in Owen Beg, and that was the sort of game that they lost. They needed to win to get up. I'm not so sure that they would have been uh, coming into this championship with just feeling just about as good as themselves as they'd have been spent the whole year in Division One. I think it's important to be going into a championship with some kind of momentum, whether that be out of Division Two or Division Three. Um, but up until the start of the second half. You could say that Derry were, were actually producing one of the most controlled and measured um, performances. But the problem was that they were missing uh, Chrissy McCaig and then Owen McAvoy, wasn't it? Uh, that they had to sort of switch around their defence a small bit. Uh, just checking here with looking at it. Yeah, Owen McAvoy was out. I had to move Conor Doherty back into the full back line. Um, and then that robs you. And then all of a sudden you lost Conor Glass through injury. And um, then we see just exactly... Once you lose two or three of your best players, you're in bother. And that goes for Derry, goes for Kerry, goes for Dublin, goes for Throne. Covered Derry a couple of times last year and couldn't but be impressed, particularly where they move. When they got to Crow Park especially, they seemed to really enjoy themselves in those matches. Are Derry at a point now, given how impressive they've been during the league, that we have to consider them realistic, not just Ulster contenders, but All-Ireland contenders for this season? There's there's a real whiff of um, Donegal 2012 about them, like you know, Donegal, and, and even maybe even 2014, like with Donegal, because you remember they lost the Division Two final in 2014 to Monaghan, and at that stage, like Monaghan had beaten them in the Ulster Championship the year before, and of all the teams around Ulster, Donegal struggled with Monaghan at that point. Then they turned around and, and, and walloped them in the in the Ulster final in 2014, but. Uh, there is what you have there is a very young and united panel uh, under Rory Geller in the same way as Donegal maybe were in in twenty twelve under McGuinness and and Rory Geller as well. So uh, you've got you've got a certain amount of people who are coming in to the team and making a bit of an impression and shaking things up. You've got uh, the inclusion of Kieran McFall, which. You know, for a team that have been playing Brandon Rogers, you could say Brandon Rogers at midfield was a masterstroke, but Brandon Rogers playing midfield because they lost, um, because they, they they lost Ethan or or Emmett Bradley, um, around the middle, so he needed to be up there around there. You know, they needed to use his, his athleticism, but I just wonder, like, you know, what exactly the difference in a full back line is? Christian McCaig, Brandon Rogers, and Conor McCluskey, and then the other three without McCaig. And Rogers, it suddenly becomes a whole lot more vulnerable. Uh, but you know, Rory Geller had said in local media that Kieran Fall had arrived back in, in terrific shape and uh, named him on the panel. Wouldn't surprise me in the slightest to see him start. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me. I, I just, I'd be curious as to thinking why Connor Glass would be risked in this game because I think that they might just see themselves. You know, look at what Fermanagh did to Throne last year. They frustrated them. They were actually very, very good right up to the point where Conor Myler got his goal. Uh, but in general control of the game and not doing anything silly, Fermanagh were actually coping very well. 
what changed the dynamic of that was Conor McKenna coming off the bench. He went on to a player. Uh, 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 he went on to a player that he could he, he could run the legs off, and he did it. And he caused chaos, and then he it was his shot that hit the post, and then was bundled in. Um, Derry would have options to have maybe a Conor Glass or someone like that to do that here too. When I think back last meeting with the teams, I don't know how much you can read into it because so much has changed, was back in that Division 3, which you almost had to call Division 3 North that year when Derry were getting promoted up to Division 2 in 2021. But um, Derry put five goals past from another day, 5-13 to nine points. Are they closer now than where they were then? Big time. Rory Gallagher had left after 2019, the 2019 season and then Ray McManaman took over, right? Um... And Ray and McManaman had been with these players, but McManaman and Furness to him. Uh, and this is what Kieran Donnelly's getting the benefit of. Sometimes in, in inter-county management, it's about picking the right time to be the manager. And Ray and McManaman, really, he took all those lads, such as Sean McNally, the goalkeeper, Luke Flanagan, the cornerback, um, Johnny Cassie had already been established. So Brandon Horn, uh, Ronan McCaffrey, boys like these here, uh, Dara McGurn, give them an unbelievable amount of first-team football and kept them on games when they weren't doing so good. Uh, and, like, they played an awful lot of football under McManaman for those two seasons before Kieran Donnelly came in last year. So they've been building on that, building on that team of St. Michael's that won the Hogan Cup in 2019. Uh, they could also be doing with another couple. Possibly the three best forwards in that team are actually playing soccer. Michal Glenn is playing for Lauren. They're about to win the Irish League. Dar McBrain has been valued by some at £40,000 for Dungan and another guy, Conor Love, is just playing local soccer. Uh, and would would imagine Kieran Donnelly would be mad to have them all involved. But the Dara McGurns, Brandon Horns and that, they're all far more experienced than they were when they were facing um, they were facing Derry that day. And Derry took great delight in, in putting all those goals past them because they'd, they'd heard of some kind of difference of... Uh, Different approach was going to be taken by certain members of the management, and they weren't uh, they, they weren't shy in and remind them what they'd heard, you know, that day. But they're different; they are a different breed. Like they're a different sort of animal. And you've uh, I haven't even mentioned Josh Largo Ellis. He was another of those players. But you know, they're another couple of years physical conditioning on them uh, and maturity and experience. So yeah, I don't I couldn't see them conceding five goals at this time. No, and look, they're scoring goals themselves as well. Like, there was a turning point really in Division 3 this year where they conceded that late point and lost against Offaly kind of midway through the group and it put the pressure on where that safety net was gone. And mm-hmm. Fernanda then finished out very well and made sure that they were going up for next season. So to me, this is like a team that are coming into championship in reasonable form. The only thing for Fermanagh is that their Ulster form hasn't been good in recent years. They've gone out in the first round the last four seasons. And probably that's a very difficult to draw, draw to get, albeit at home, uh, to get the defending champions in the first round makes it difficult to navigate the first round this year as well. Yeah, look, you know, I would nearly see 20 and 21 as, as development years under uh, Ricey and... Um, like he took a lot of pain. He he took a lot of pain that those couple of years in Kieran last year was drawn against the All Ireland champions. Now you're drawn against the Ulster champions. Um, it's not simple. The draw hasn't worked in your favour. Uh, but I look, you know, record's not great. One thing that they you know might have had is they used to have a great record, especially under Rory, of Brewster Park being a real fortress for them. But they they haven't even had that this year. 
because the surface has been relayed and they've been playing their games at Anerney. Mm. Uh, so they've, you know, the look at uh, they've relayed the surface. They've also relayed the surface in one of the wettest marches on record. Uh, I believe that there's parts of the pitch are swimming. Uh, if if it were me, I'd I'd have the hoses on the pitch all evening <laughs> uh, for, for the next twenty four hours and just really make it a, a bit of a leveler. Um, because you saw last week, sometimes uh, uh, an ambush needs certain conditions or it's helped by certain conditions. Like Mayo, for example, need grip. They need grip on the gloves, on the ball, on their foot and everything because they play that type of game. But if you lose that, then everything becomes that wee bit dicier. Everything becomes about balance and uh, nerves and stuff like that. That can unsettle teams. And I think that a, a, a pitch nicely cut up or just not bedding in the way it might. Uh, that could help them. Well, let's look at the second game then on Sunday because Monaghan go to Oma having just about survived in Division 1 after a very mixed campaign, uh, effectively nearly ending up with a 50% record wins and losses. But um, this one is, you know, this is a proper battle ahead potentially to nearly kickstart the championship uh, albeit last weekend wasn't too bad either but you've got a repeat of the all of the I should say the Ulster final from two years ago the one that was at Croke Park where Tyrone just about got out by a point and I'm just looking at the, the teams at the moment here Declan and again I take the, the warning by all means that these teams could change between now and Sunday but you've got uh, first championship starts here for Thomas McPhillips for Ryan O'Toole and for Carl Gallagher for Monaghan and probably what stands out for Tyrone, you've got Cormac Quinn coming into the team for a first championship start. And then two big guns on the bench for Tyrone as well. You've got the player of the year when they won the All-Ireland in Kieran McGeary and also Colin McShane among the subs for Sunday afternoon here. Yeah, um, and, and I, uh, I don't have them to hand, but the stats in Kieran McGeary last year was that he, he, he struggled to start and finish games. Like he either was, he was benched after a while and he wasn't finishing games. He, he, there was a red card in the middle of all that for him. Uh, he has been just not reaching the same levels, and I think he would be, he would have to admit that, like that he he certainly wasn't reaching the levels that he did in, in twenty twenty one. And the same goes for Cal McShane. But the point of Cal McShane was that he was he was making his impacts off the bench in twenty one as well. Like you know he. Uh, I would say that he has spent more time in the bench than he has in the pitch since his. That since that horrendous uh, injury that he, he sustained against Galway down in Tume Stadium that day, just prior to lockdown, really, um, a dreadful thing to see happen to a player. I, I know what you're saying, what stands out for you is Cormac Quinn. Um, Cormac Quinn got a goal against Armagh the last day out, like he's acquitted himself very well. And, um, you know, the other guy on the bench, Joe Goose, has been playing wing forward and sort of augmenting that middle third for height. He's He's a real prospect, like a real tall, athletic, rangy kind of midfielder, of which all of a sudden Tyrone, having not had big midfielders for 30 years, have have them coming out of their ears at the moment, which is it must be great for the two management. Fergal Logan, I suppose, was the last, one of the last big, tall midfielders that they ever really had. Apart from that, um, Michael O'Neill starting. I actually was on off the ball a couple of months ago talking about this just prior to them playing Kerry as they really wanted Michael O'Neill that that management team the funny thing for me was last year he didn't start a single game 
apart from no sorry he might have started the Armagh game but he hadn't started a single game until they played for Man in the championship they really like goes to show that even though he didn't play any of the national league they really wanted him there and as it happens after 20 seconds he tripped a guy so he got a black card he came back on but Michael O'Neill is a strategy player like he will be the plus one at the back he will do all the sensible things he has an unbelievable ability to sniff out danger and shut down running channels all those things that the nine and a half people watching the game will never ever see and will wonder what's the kind of point of this player but every teammate that they play with just think that they're they're worth their weight in gold and clearly Logan and Duhur are devoted to whatever he brings to the team because they've just put him in or they named him. But then, well, will it even happen? We don't know. <laughs> well, this is true. I mean, look, there's obviously a bit of sweeping change that we're monitoring when we uh, look at the players who are coming in for their first championship starts. I mean, what's your assessment of where Monaghan are? They lost to Tyrone by eight points when they met in the league earlier this year. Uh, eventually, they got their form together right at the end just to make sure they get another season in Division 1. But what's your feeling about Monaghan coming into championship day? It's... Just that, like Monaghan could have a team, and then the mightn't have. You know, you can say, right, let's target survival here in the first four games, and you can ask, are you going to ask Carlo Connell at thirty six, Darren Hughes at thirty six, Conor McManus at thirty five, to say, right, we boys, we want you out in the muck and gutters. We want you winning games in Castle Blaney in January and February, or do you want to say, do you know what, we'll we'll try and time this. We'll get a few bits and pieces into the boys. Like I mean, McManus had a feature on him last night like he didn't play until the third game against Donegal I think it was and he was only on the pitch for the last eight minutes and he got two marks and set up a goal uh, and then he got 22 minutes against um, against Galway and then the only game that he started and Carl O'Connell started was the game against Mayo was the last league game when they, they went and won and got the favour from Tyrone Norma. So I think that Vinnie Corey has looked at this and said, right, where can I rest the boys? And he has said, race them lightly all the way to the championship. They'll play the, the championship. If they lose that then, then they've got a few, four or five weeks of downtime before they have to play three games in four ga- in four weeks. So I think that Vinnie Corey has been clever and experimenting and it's you can't go full bore when your best players are in their mid almost mid to late 30s rather than like early 30s I just think they're they've played very smart and they're being cute and uh, we don't know exactly where they're going to be but uh, but I'll tell you what it's a clinking game in, in prospect isn't it like what a, a battle or you know, I don't really read anything into the scoreline against them in, in Clonus because of the because of the two red cards from on and like you know they kind of just fell apart that time well like all trends as well Declan would indicate this is going to be close like you look at any of the meetings in recent years that have been in championships so going back over even the last 12 times that they've met this goes back to 2005 only 14 goals have been scored in those 12 games the last 7 have had a winning margin either side in the last 2 meetings 2018 21 were just a point two teams to the winning or two points to the winning team in all those occasions over the last 7 where they've met over the last decade like every indication is here that this is going to be a tug of war an arm wrestle a very closely fought game on Sunday afternoon in Oma and like you know, we we always kind of refer to that twenty eighteen meeting that was in Croke Park, like the All Ireland semi final. But you know, Monaghan beat Tyrone in the quarter final in Oma that year. Also, uh, that was the day of Conor McManus's point from the from the sideline, which was just 
it was above and beyond anything you're ever going to see. Uh, but yeah, even in years where Monaghan were were way down the, t- the peck in order, 2011, they, they turned up to Oma on one of the wettest days you could ever stand out on, like, and, and pushed them really hard coming from a Division 3 base, you know. Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing really between the two. And people would say with Trome will always manage it when it matters. I think they played in the quarterfinal in 2014-2015. Throne also won that. That was maybe 15, actually, come to think of that. Which is all well and good. But, like, you know, th- th- these are the games where Monaghan can nip them too, you know. On a final note on Tyrone, when it comes to this year's championship, last year will have been terribly disappointing given what they've done the year before. I'm sure there's a huge determination within that camp to not have a year like 2022. I listen. There might honestly think that they'll they'll win Ulster this year. I just see them primed. I see them. They're building a bench. Like I see, they're looking on 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 the bench at, at young players like Rory Canavan, uh, Megan McLean, and Niall Devlin. Like as well as a Cal McShane. Like I mean, they have options. Like they have a they have probably the widest panel in all of Ulster. Like they're probably feeling very good about themselves. Internally, they're probably also processing the disappointment of last year and uh, being talked about as some of the worst champions ever. So they'll be looking to address that. And a Tyrone team that are written off or, or disrespected, that's when they're at the most sort of dangerous. Like that's when they, they, they spit the venom, venom back at you. Should be two really interesting games. Gaelic Football here and Off the Ball is in partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GA Senior Football Championship. Check out the toughest for more. Declan, thanks a million for joining us to preview the two games this weekend. No bother, well, take care. Gaelic Football on Off the Ball with AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more.